All right, all right. We are live. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is, in fact, Friday, which means we are... Okay, yes, we are streaming to everywhere. All right, uh, which means it is time once again for Kingdom on the Road. And uh, this week, we are continuing on with our Tough Questions series. And the... Uh, this seems like the natural progression of things, right? We are heading now into as we, <clears throat> you know, continue to to trek through these these different questions that that come up and and the tough questions and you know, this is one that kind of sets the table for. Um, a lot of further discussion. And the reality is that when you talk about the legitimacy of the Bible, you have to approach this conversation in a similar way. For those of you that watched the stream that I did a couple of weeks ago on the evidence for the empty tomb, the reality is, is that you, you, whenever you're, you're dealing with history or evidence or different things like that, you have to include the phrase beyond reasonable doubt. And that's important because there is a misconception, I guess. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to decide to be generous this morning and say misconception that, um, Outrageous claims require outrageous evidence. And as, as a scientist, as a history buff, as somebody who deals in facts and figures, I think that's irresponsible. Again, I'm being generous to call it irresponsible. <laughs> because if we were to do that, we, we, would, we would have to throw out major theoretical concepts that we have in science today that are generally accepted to be fact, but they're not really fact. They're well-established theory. Hmm. And so if we are to throw out this idea of beyond reasonable doubt, then that has to change how we approach history and science as a whole, not just through the biblical lens. So as we continue through this conversation, understand that, um, yes, there, the, 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 um, oftentimes unspoken truth when talking to apologists is that there are huge pieces of scripture that we do not have, um, evidence for necessarily. However, when you look at the sum total of secular history, when you look at the sum total of the evidence that we do have, and you put those pieces together, my attempt is by the end of this thing to state that the Bible is the single best verifiable ancient document known 
to man. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean that that's that's been, you know, my understanding is that when you look at the Bible and you compare it to other ancient documents, the Bible has been scrutinized and verified over and over and over and over again. Um, when you line it up against other notable um, historical documents, things like Homer's Iliad or, you know, Plato's writings, right? You got a lot of, you know, discrepancies with that. But the Bible, the the manuscripts, you know, actually um, have now begun, begin studying with, um, um, I have a book that has the earliest New Testament manuscripts. And so I get to actually even check my Strong's, <laughs> my Strong's Greek. I can go and verify the Strong's Greek. I'm like, okay, is the Strong's right? <laughs> right. You know? So I go and I look at, you know, the early, early manuscript, the copies of the early manuscripts, and, and I look at it and verify it. Like, oh, okay. So, I mean, there is so much veracity to um, our Bibles, uh, especially historically, scientifically, as you said, you know, archaeology. I mean, there all the, the, the sciences uh, verify and point to that what we hold today um, as our Bibles um, is seated, grounded in legitimate study. It's not something that when you go to look, you know, at it, it's uh, it's so different from the original. You know, the manuscripts are so much discrepancy. And even when there is a discrepancy, the discrepancy is cleared up because we have so many copies of the copies of the copies. And so we get to look and verify and, you know, okay, so let's look at it and see where the variation is. And so, I mean, um, yeah, I think our comments... Oh man, crazy. yeah. Here we go. Yeah, we got to comment <laughs> section. I love it. I love it. All right. So, first off, we have name one book greater than the Holy Bible. Yeah, I mean, that's the stage that we that we're that we're setting right right from Jump Street and we're going to go into some of the specifics, some of the aspects of this as to why, you know, because it's one thing for us to stand up here and be like, trust us, because because we because we believe it. No 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 no. There there are things that you can point to, but they point to this idea that yes, the the when it, when it comes to a a a document that's as strongly evidenced, there it it is it is second to none. It is second to none. Um, now this one this one's all for you, buddy. I'm gonna let you take this one. Strong's Greek is like the serpent in the Garden of Eden gets people to doubt the word of God. Yea, hath God said. Hmm. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's an interesting statement because um, the Strong's Greek is how we trust our Bible. It doesn't get us to doubt the Bible. It gets us to trust the Bible. Um, the If you look at the earliest you know, manuscripts uh, that the King James was written from, it was written from the Greek and the Hebrew. It was translated from Greek and Hebrew um, into the King's English. 
And so that's, you know, you can go all the way back to the 1611. And where do you think they got their information from? They got it from the Greek. It was translated from the Greek. Uh, and so, you know, to say that it's the serpent in the Garden of Eden um, is kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's hyperbole or meant to be a joke, uh, but any serious scholar knows that um, our earliest Bibles, that's where the information comes from. The New Testament is translated from Greek into English. The Old Testament is translated from Hebrew uh, into English. Um, and there are some Aramaic uh, passages in there um, that, uh, but all of those are from the original languages. Without the original languages, then the Bible very well could be corrupted. You know, uh, the Greek and the Hebrew are dead languages, you know, and so when you try to change those languages, you know, you're going off the rail. Right. Okay. Um, and then languages come and go, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And then before I hit on that one, there's this, no, no, which Greek manuscript did they translate from? There are many manuscripts and not all agree with each other. Right. And that's why you take all the manuscripts and you put them next to each other so that you can bring harmony. You know, that that's that was the whole point. That's what they did when they translated uh, the new King James or the King James, the original King James. I'm going to go to that 1611 that people love that 1611 came from the Greek manuscripts, you know, and what we have today is even more accurate than that because we have the manuscripts that were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that predate the manuscripts that were used for the King James. So they helped to verify the ones that were being used. And so if there's any discrepancies, having the, the Dead Sea Scrolls copy now verifies that, okay, so this was right. Here's, you know, some additions or here's some, but all those bring harmony to each other. That's why you put them together and you look at them closely. Um, I mean, I, there's no other way to do it because we're talking about a document that is over 2000 years old um, and it has held true uh, for 2000 years old. Because I go back to the other statement, languages come and go, but the word of God endures forever. I stand behind that 100 percent. That is exactly yeah. what we're yeah. talking about. Those dead screen, those Dead Sea manuscripts are incomplete and do not agree with other manuscripts. Not true. Not true. Yeah, that's that's a false yeah. statement. They 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 agree with the other. They verify the other manuscripts. Yeah, they verify. Yeah. yeah. When so so I I want to I want to go ahead and chime in <clears throat> because I I honestly at first I was like I I, I was closer to I would say closer to our friend here in, in the comments, which seriously, we, so, so one thing I will say, and this is coming from, so, so this is coming from somebody who, as, as I'm in the middle of, of saying here, um, I, 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 we, we appreciate the, the, the interaction in the comment section for real, seriously, like, yeah. like, thank you. Uh, the sure. one thing I, the one thing I will say, as far as all of this thing goes is I I am I have a skeptic's heart, so just so, just so you know, friend, and I am 
I am I am a skeptic at heart. And also, um, you you gotta not team me up for jokes like the the sixteen eleven that everybody loves, dude. We're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I'm just I'm gonna behave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna behave. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, um, I I was skeptical because I I have been exposed to oh, so this person likes this toy. Right. Right. This is the shiny toy in the toy in the toy box. So this person likes that likes that toy. Okay, fine. And so when it here exposed me to the strongs, I was like, yeah, okay, this is what he likes to right. this is what he likes to use, whatever. And so I did my due diligence. And and as as I stated in the last stream that we talked about um historically based stuff, as we started off with this, dude, before I was a Christian, I was a scientist. Before I was a Christian, I was a history buff. I'm not going to ignore history and verifiable fact just to corroborate something that I that I want to believe. That's actually the reason why, and a big part of the reason why, I didn't want anything to do with Christianity at first because I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't see how this actually lined up. And then there's a lot of emotionalism to it and, and baggage and yada, yada, yada. But I, when, when I took the time to understand, okay, so before anything else, before so-and-so likes this or so-and-so this or that, what is the strongs? Okay, starting there. And then I knew prior to what the Dead Sea Scrolls are. So to say, look them up, I can tell you both as a as a character reference for Ant and for myself, as well as like I, I would I would challenge you, leave your bias at the door. Because because friend, I I know you've been in the comment section enough. We know where we know where your proclivities lie. I, I get it. But but leave those biases at the door and take a look at through, through the lens of history, what the Dead Sea Scrolls are and all of that. And, and there's a lot to that as far as taking the ball down the field. And, and trust me, I, I'm, I've come a long way. I make jokes about, about Shakespeare in the park and all of that kind of stuff when it comes to the KJV, but whatever, if that brings people to God, if that points people to God and points people to Jesus, awesome. Mazel tov, fantastic. No problems. But the reality is, is that if you look at the historical basis of the Dead Sea Scrolls without, without preferring, you can still prefer your KJV, whatever. But, but just looking at it through the lens of history... We we know, like scholars know, that things like the 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 Strong's it's 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 a dictionary. It's basically what it is. It's it it is a it is a dictionary of an ancient language, and things like the Dead Sea Scrolls date date like they they prove to have dated back before these manuscripts that the KJV was, was, was based off of. So, so again, we can't, we can't in an effort to make our own point, we can't argue with scientific fact and things like that. 
and I agree. I'm I'm with Ant. I'm with you, dude. Like I'm with the both. I'm with the both of you. Languages come and go, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Seriously, like there's a reason why we are studying uh, documents that were written in dead languages from ages ago, and why this th these things endure past when the particular language that they were originally written in. That, but past that point of when of when they they were no longer around it's because of the word the, because the word of the lord endures forever so so absolutely but i think on when 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 trying to unpack what these things are we can't lose sight of what they are because of biases or because of our preferences or or things like that you know and that's not that's not picking on you per se. Uh, they, because there's no, how, how, so, so to, so to keep in line with everything else, how do we know that these, that those manuscripts were not discarded because they were incorrect? There's so, so at, at best, and then, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you and at, at best, that would be conjecture. Like that would be headcanon to try and say that those manuscripts were discarded. Like that's not that there's, there's exactly zero evidence to say that that would be how that happened. Right. Right. When you, when you think about it and I, and, and I, and I do think it's a, a, a great uh, question to bring up, especially if you're, you know, a true skeptic, um, you you actually need to explore that thought process. I'm like, oh, what what if these were the 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 what do you call it the um, uh, the the broken ones, the dysfunctional ones, or what have you? I think uh, what happens though when you put them together, they verify what you have. They actually bring veracity to what you have. They support what is already what we already have you know, and give us uh, things that maybe were incomplete, you know, so it's the opposite. It's not, okay, this was the one that was wrong, so we discarded it. Um, no, it actually verifies what we have. It verifies and helps us to be more accurate uh, to what we have today. When you look at, um, you know, a, a, an early manuscript, uh, of that New Testament, uh, there's not much change that happens from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It really does just reinforce what we have because it's older than the manuscripts that were used. So um, it doesn't contradict. There's some slight variations in the Old Testament um, because the Old Testament portion of it is a lot older. Um, but for the most part, if you actually look it up and you know, now, unfortunately, you know, as humans, if we don't want something to be true, it's not going to be right. true. Right. You know. Right. But if we're actually, as you said, laying aside our bias and, and looking uh, from a place of, OK, I, I, I just want to follow the evidence, then what we'll find is that um, the Dead Sea Scrolls actually helped us to, you know, verify and solidify that what we have is the real deal because there were arguments about 
the the Bible, especially the New Testament, uh, especially Old Testament, sorry, being inaccurate. And so the Dead Sea Scrolls having Old Testament scrolls in them, we're able to verify and back up what we have. And so I, I don't you know, I don't find anything wrong with your with your with your question. Um, I think you have to dig as we have to dig and we're all learning right where none of us are experts right. right so we're all digging into right. this thing um i'm just pretty confident you know in what i've found thus far you know putting in you know a few decades of, of studying this stuff um and and breaking this stuff down so yeah right um and then the last couple here before we move forward um you know they would discard copies when they found one mistake um and then uh, if they were good, they would have been used. So there are tons of things that are lost to history. That's just the reality right. of archaeology. That's the reality of studying historical documents. So when you are looking through the lens of history, you have to accept the fact that some things end up lost to time throughout just throughout throughout the centuries and and then once you know that some things are found some things are not found so on and so forth and so it's it's anytime that you're trying to put together the pieces after the fact no i'm it it, it was it, it was not i'm talking about the dead sea scrolls um but so so anytime that you are piecing together the evidence through the lens of history, you have to accept the fact that it's, it's a patchwork thing. Like Ant was saying, one piece verifies another piece, verifies another piece and so on and so forth, rather than viewing them through the lens of, of contradiction or things like that, because there's nothing, there's nothing about those that speak to contradiction and and just because they were lost to time doesn't mean that that doesn't that 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 would be something to disqualify it. So, um, yeah, well, let, me, let me let me speak to that just a little bit. So I think the question is, so what do you say? Uh, the word of God was lost to history, mm. question mark. So um, here here's the truth. Even according to the Bible. There were times where the word of God was lost and they found it, even in your Bible. Um, in Second Chronicles chapter 34, um, verse 15, it says that, And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. This is when uh, Josiah took over as king. He was the young king, if you remember, and in Second Chronicles, he was eight years old, took over as king. By the time he was 12, he then purged Judah and Jerusalem of all the false doctrine, false idols. And during that time, the reason why there was false worship is because the law had been lost. And so they had now found it again and they were reinstituting it. So even throughout the Bible, there were times where uh, the word of God was lost 
and it had to be found again. And this is in your Bible. You can check the reference, Second Chronicles chapter 34, um, and you can read verses 1 through 15 to get the context. And so even in the days of the Bible, there were things that were lost and then found again. So it's it's not unheard of for something to, you know, uh, as the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's why the Dead Sea Scrolls were viewed legitimate, because once they did the study on the copies and they saw that the carbon dating and everything matched the time period, they 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 verified these things and it filled in the gaps of the things uh, that uh, we understood in the Bible. So, yeah. Um, what was the, what were the, the specific verses? Second uh, Chronicles, Chronicles 34. Um, and the specific verse is verse 15. 15. Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't know if that's going to go to everywhere, but um, giving it a shot. Um, so, and then the response is they found the book of the law, dot, 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 in the house of the Lord. Right. And that's where they found the Dead Sea Scrolls in the Quran community where they were worshiping God. Yeah. So, yeah, they found it there. Right. So I, it, it, it lines up. It wasn't like they found it Epic. with non-believers. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. Right. Exactly. Epic, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure as always to see you. Um, all right. <clears throat> so yeah, that's I and and seriously, you know, guys, chime in. Take take a cue from uh, um. Well, welcome to today's episode about yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls and verifying <laughs> the Dead Sea Scrolls. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm, jo I'm joking. I'm joking. They found the, de the Dead Sea Scrolls in a cave because they were discarded. So uh, go, go, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So the, 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 the cave where they found them was where that community met. And so the, so if, if, if they were discarded, then the whole people were discarded, right? This was, right. if you do your research... This was a group of, of, of believers who went off to themselves and studied the word of God and lived for God. So they they weren't, you know, just in some random cave. This was where they worshiped. There were uh, there in that area. They found the places where they worshiped. It wasn't just a random cave. So, yeah, I think I think you got to go ahead and you know, do, do some further research on what, you know, the, the cure you know, what the, that whole area was that it wasn't just a random cave. It was where they live. It was like you going to a place where the Israelites are digging up the ground where they were and finding scrolls and evidence that they worship God there. So I think it, it, it lines up perfectly. So, um, and then, uh, all right, I'm going to leave you all. All I want for you for you all is to increase your faith and believe the Bible you hold in your hands. Yes, and sir. Do. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. Or yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Know. I don't know if it's a mammal. Yeah, no, actually not. Not <laughs> sure. So, but I agree. But, Thank you. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Amen. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. 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 Me being me. And and if you are still watching, I know you said you were going to split, but but if you are still watching, please understand what I'm about to say is coming through the lens 
of of somebody who um, I'll even call myself out because I, I I one of the things that I appreciate about about working with a gentleman who can who can measure in decades is um, sometimes there are lyrics that I don't have um, that he does. And, and, and that's a beautiful thing. And so even I am sitting back and, and learning something about how to um, articulate these things. I didn't even think about the, the reference that you pulled from, from Chronicles. Um, but, you know, I, I think the reality is, is, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting the, the dispute of, from 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 inside the family so to speak you know uh, but i think this is an example mm-hmm. of the necessity of looking at all of these things clearly and by clearly i mean really allowing for the facts the figures the evidence to speak for itself right and and that last that last comment was really a shining example not not the last one that's actually inaccurate because the last one we both really agree with very heavily um it was the one before that that um tips the hand a little bit that 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 there are some biases that when when approaching these things so that's why we set the table the way that we did of allowing the evidence to speak for itself because when you do you see it all comes together we're not trying to fight against a different manuscript or we're not trying to fight against history or science or things like that no we're trying to verify these things as being historically accurate and true you know what i mean and just because we just because we're looking to something like the dead sea scrolls doesn't mean that everything else is you know, it, it's the only good thing and everything else is trash. Right. You know None. what I mean? No, it's it, it all works <laughs> together. All. That's the beauty of the proof text of it all. Go back to my to my conversation that I gave on the um on the evidence for the resurrection, because you're looking at a series of different aspects that all come together to lend to the fact that out of all of the popular theories for the empty tomb, that the most plausible is that it's empty because Jesus rose, you know? So, so I want to, um, go ahead and um jump into some other things that we can um look to through the lens of archaeology and before i do if before i you know even after we jump off from the dead sea scrolls and whatever and and for anything that we have going forward take a cue out of their book feel free chime in yeah, we don't. I, I, I would, I would reckon that by the by the time everything was all said and done, nobody's mind was you know miraculously changed or whatever about what they came into the conversation with and all of that. Not the point. So, if you have questions, seriously, dialogue. That's the point of this. So, um, but one of the coolest things 
about the history of the Bible is that oftentimes we don't realize that there are tons of pieces of secular history that was that, that that they were happening or or they interacted with the the biblical figures like ancient ancient Israel and and things like that and and I think sometimes biblical history is taught as being like separate like in an in an, in a wholly different time frame than the um than the the history books that are taught that are commonly taught in class would would lay out and and what have you but the reality is is that recorded independently from biblical sources we can look at the fact that the ancient israelites interacted with with groups like the assyrians you know we know that the assyrians were a very powerful empire in ancient Mesopotamia. Um, and they conquered the Northern kingdom of Israel in 722. And it's, it's again, recorded not just in our Bibles, but in documents that we found from the Assyrian empire, their own independent um, resources. Same thing with the Babylonians. They were another Mesopotamian empire that, but they conquered the southern kingdom of Judah in 586 and exiled a lot of the uh, its its in, its inhabitants to uh, Babylon. And same thing with the Persians, and then more famously, the Greeks and the Romans. And so. Each one of these these groups, we can we can look outside of the realm of just the events recorded in the Bible to help place on the on the world's timeline when these things were were taking place along the way. That's why I say that Exodus and then the 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 um, the list of the of the kings between first Kings, second Kings Chronicles, they're some of the most densely packed. They're some of the driest. I'll be the first one to admit they are some of the driest parts, parts of scripture. But if you want to tiptoe through the tulips and really get a sense of how their, how, how the biblical history and world history interact to just make history that they're not two separate things. That's where you're going to find so much um, densely packed information. Uh, epics in the um, the comments. The thing about the Bible is that it has never been disproved, <clears throat> and there are so many principles laid out in it that have been confirmed by modern science. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful thing about it is that we can point to science and that's what, that's what drives me nuts. If I'm just being honest, if I can be honest with y'all for a second, 
Um, one of the things that drives me up the wall <laughs> is when I hear this this faux debate of science versus religion. Okay. Even down to I'm gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get spicy here for a second and I'm gonna say the big E word. I'm gonna say the big E word. Say it. Oh man, evolution. <laughs> Guys, there's different types of evolution, and there's different there's different models of evolution and the whole nine yards. Like everybody when they when they hear evolution, a lot of people think like, oh, so you think we came from apes. That's all it is. Like one day apes became humans. Guys. <laughs> There, but 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 it speaks to a larger thing of when we look at when we look through the lens of science and medicine and all of that, even down to the law. Let's look at the law. Let's look at the law of practices given to the ancient Israelites. Why do you think the Jews were so much further along in their practices of health and medicine and all of that? It's because they were given these tenants to live by okay if you come across a dead body what do you do you wash yourself with running water and you stay away from people for a week <laughs> as to not spread disease and that's why we don't have we don't we we can point to the longevity of the ancient israelites and we have so much densely packed information that it wasn't until they started screwing it up for themselves that things started going off the rails. It wasn't because they fell to the same kind of diseases that other people groups did. Yes, somebody, some some historian <clears throat> and some, some PhD someplace just lost their mind because I painted in such broad strokes. I'm good with it because there's truth to what I said. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't realize it uh until kind of you know doing a little research for this that there was uh an argument about jesus uh birth land birth home nazareth you know there were people who wanted to say it never existed you know that there there wasn't but even now archaeologists have uncovered it again you know to go back to even the dead sea scrolls conversation just because it was found later doesn't mean that it's illegitimate. And so by them finding it, it just proves that, you know, like you said, science, you know, is verifying things that our faith uh, mm -hmm. has already uh, confirmed for us. And so um, Nazareth uh, was presumed to be destroyed. It was supposed to be an ancient city that was destroyed by the Babylonians you know, long before Jesus, but now archaeologists have found it in the area where the Roman period was around the time of Christ. And it's like, okay, so you're verifying, as she said, through modern science, the things that our Bible says. And I think the New Testament is much easier to verify than the Old Testament. And of course, it's because it's it's newer, it's closer in time a lot of things in the old testament even though they were verified there were a lot of things that couldn't be verified because of how long ago it was but when you come to the new testament a lot of biblical scholars focus on new testament scholarship because it's actually easier to verify because the romans kept such good records of 
their conquest and what they did and people and names and you know statues and temples and all those kind of things were verified where they are when you go over to israel and you look at you know uh, what's over in israel people can walk where paul preached they can walk where jesus walked they can go to these places and it is verifiable you know and so i think those are some of the things that why people want to go and visit israel you know and things like that because they're like well i want to go and actually lay eyes on these things all right so so i'm gonna i'm gonna put you over amp for a second this is a this is the benefit of a teacher that teaches his people well to to do their due diligence <laughs> in and the, the benefit of being around these types of people is you hear words and things that you've never heard before i was recently reading about the benefits of allowing the land to lie fallow <laughs> help me out what is what does that mean uh i'm not actually sure what she means by allowing the land to lie fallow huh you have to <clears throat> have to dive into that a little bit more epic <laughs> um but yeah so and that's one of the things that i I've I've really found you know going back to to what Epic said um, about the the power of modern science. Um, you know I I think the realities are that I think the misnomer is that if I just had my burning bush and this is coming from somebody who begged for a burning bush. If I just had my burning bush, then I would believe, then I would, then I could, then I could take it on, on evidence and all of that kind of stuff. But I think at this point I would struggle with, did my brain just make that up or, or, or did that actually happen if I were to get my burning bush now at this moment? Hmm. And I think the reality is, is from, from a miracle standpoint, miraculous events are not as they're 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 not as substantive in in the big picture also they're they're for the individual you know if if i'm in the terms that we're talking about now now one of the big things that i that i constantly get asked is if if jesus healed then why don't we see more more healings and and we have to answer the question in order to answer that question we have to answer the question of what was the purpose of jesus's healings what was jesus doing at that moment in time what what was happening there right and when when you unpack that idea of it being for the masses to point people to god my running theory is that that's why we have such a patchwork um, breadcrumb trail that that points people to the ultimate the, the ultimate idea of the legitimacy of the Bible, and and that's part of why I think we haven't seen as much evidence for some of these other things. Now, granted, I will be the first one to admit that this is, you know, there does come a line in all of this where I think um, I, I tend to get a little bit spicy in my takes because 
while evident more and more evidence is coming out to show to show the to show the legitimacy of it, things like the flood. I think that Jewish literature is filled with hyperbole and exaggeration and all of that kind of stuff. So is it possible that it's a regional flood? I I think there's a possibility for it. Uh, I I understand. I'm I am in a stunning minority by say by by saying that, but it's also not a major note. It's also not not it doesn't affect my my relationship with God. It just I, it's just something that I walk away from reading the flood account and saying something like that. Same thing with the creation narr narrative. I think we need to understand Jewish poetry in order to really understand what's happening in the creation narrative. I think though, once you start to get into the idea of like a historical Adam and Eve and a historical uh, 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 Garden of Eden, and then through to Abraham, and then through to Sodom and Gomorrah, and then so on and so on and so on, and then to the kings and the chronicle and chronicles, and then on to the my 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 theory, and and feel feel free to kick this can around a little bit, Ant, is that there's a purposeful nature to the things that we have in stunning technicolor evidence for. Because while we can't point to every single word of every single line of every single sentence in the Bible, there are a lot of major notes that we can't. And I think that that's, I think, I think that's, there, there is an intentionality to all of that, to, to what we can verify. Well, I think when you put it up against other historical docu documents, that's where you find that the Bible's head and shoulders above them. Like I said, you know, mm -hmm. even Plato's writings, you know, were discovered 1300 years after he was supposedly to live, you know, but yet people teach the, his writings in, in, in high level institutions of academia, you know, whereas the Bible verification is much closer. They've been able to, you know, verify scriptures, whatever you believe about the contents, the the actual documents themselves. You know, when you place them against Homer's Iliad, when you place them against Plato's writings or Aristotle's writings or people that are, you know, Socrates, you know, uh, when you when you look at people that are held in high regard, <clears throat> the Bible's uh, uh, manuscripts and writings are so much closer to the actual time that they were written in. Um, and that's what I look at because there is going to be an air of, uh, of, of figurative language of metaphor of, uh, of um, some would call legend, you know, or, or mythology, right. <laughs> um, in these documents, but even as simple as something in our Bible um, that, that I was talking to somebody about the other day, where, um, in Acts chapter 14 and verse 14, it talks about um, the people calling uh, Barnabas and, 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 and Saul or Barnabas and Paul at the time, uh, Hermes and Zeus. Yeah. They said, the gods have come down to us, you know, Hermes, <clears throat> which again puts the Bible in the heart of a lot of what people uh, put their trust in. They, people are 
have no problem talking about the Greek gods, right? They have no problem talking about, you know, but the fact that our Bible is written in a time, especially in the New Testament, where the Greek gods, you know, were referenced side by side with the actual acts of the apostles. And right. the Greek gods uh, attributes were being put on the apostles because the apostles were uh, healing the sick and casting out spirits and doing these things. And, and you would think that what does that have to do with history? It puts you right in the middle of it. It's like if there was a car accident on your block and at the same time, there was something else down the street and somebody could say, well, at the time of that car accident, this was happening over here. This was happening over here. That was happening down there. And all these people could verify it. And you put that time together. He's like, yes, that car accident happened because all these events were verified to be at the same time as this event. That's what I love about, you know, uh, the Bible and being able to verify it, like you were saying. Um, right. One of the things that I just was uh, taking a look at was... Um, the plagues, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, the plagues never happened, right? Because, and they said that Pharaoh never existed, right? But there are historical documents that date back to that era and that Pharaoh and the Egyptians referring to the plagues, not right. <laughs> Not just the Bible referring to the plagues, but the Egyptians referring to these events that happened. That's secular, uh, um, extra biblical history that verifies what's in our Bibles. And so I think, you know, it, it's important to look at our Bibles, understand what it teaches. And then when you come across things in history that verify what was going on in, uh, in the scriptures, and like I said, Rome, even dating back to Alexander the Great, there's certain things that verify with what Daniel spoke. And so, I mean, I could go on and on geeking out over this stuff, <laughs> you know, but right. those are the things, those peripheral things that were happening at the same time as things in our Bible uh, really help you to say, well, hey, this really happened. But the biggest thing is that the Bible is based upon the 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 perception that this is God speaking uh, to guide us spiritually, not just historically, but the verify the, the the desire to verify is not a bad thing. I don't think that that's harmful in any way. Right, right, and that's something that I'm I'm going to touch on here in a little bit that. Those worlds of of the academic and the spiritual um, are not mutually exclusive to one another, um, and and just because you seek the evidence of it all, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, um, especially through the if, if it's through the lens of I want to see how my God interacted with humanity throughout time and memoriam. And so um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you, you, you opened the door for it and I wasn't sure if we were going to go to Exodus, but I'm going to geek out on Exodus for a second <laughs> okay. because I've done, I, I have, I, I have done camp in, in Exodus for a minute. Um, 
So, so the document, all right. So real quick, I am not, a, I can, I can barely speak the Queens English guys. I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I'm a linguistics expert. So if I mispronounce something and you are, and, and you are a linguistics expert, expert, have some grace, be, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so, so the document that you're, that you were referring to is the impure papyrus. Mm -hmm. It's an, it, it's an ancient Egyptian document that describes in from from their perspective right <laughs> the series of plagues and other <clears throat> calamities that are very similar to what's described in the Exodus story um the 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 biggest thing is that when you look at the 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 biggest pieces of debate are stemming from one is written from one perspective and one is written from the other perspective. But just because they're written from two different perspectives doesn't mean that they are in contradiction to one another. And, and the, the biggest out, outside of that, the biggest piece of, of dispute around this piece of documentation is the fact that they, 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 there's still some some discourse about when exactly it can be dated to, but that's not most most scholars will take a look at that papyrus and say, okay, this is a link between the biblical account and historical events in Egypt. So this is a prime example of where biblical history and secular history come together and and form a cohesive narrative to what is just the history of mankind. And there are there are other pieces like um, the the archaeological site of of Pi Ramesses. Um, it's a, it's an Egyptian city that was thought to have been built by the Israelites during their time in Egypt. And there's actually a point in history where you can point to that says they ran out of the, some of the materials to be able to build these, these cities. Well, well, take a look at the Bible, what happens? The, the Pharaoh started holding back resources from the Israelites. And, and so again, through the lens of, of history, we can point to very specific pieces of the Bible, even down to, if you look at um, agricultural studies of the time, or, or, or agricultural studies of patterns that include that that time, there are major pieces of whole parts of of animal species going and 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 dying off, or plant life dying off, or migration patterns that are um, that that happen that have no other actual um, explanation. And so 
again, th this it's it's a patchwork, sure. And you grab here and you grab here, but that's that's like anything through through history. You know what I mean? Like there are commonly accepted pieces of history that you you have the exact you take the exact same approach. Yeah, when you think about it, <clears throat> one event for the person who's praying for God's intervention is a miracle, you know, from God. From the other side of this, the physician says, well, here's what happened. I don't know how this happened, but medically, this is actually what happened that caused this person to be healed or their body to correct. Well, <clears throat> this person's perception of it from the medical scientific side of it doesn't destroy this person was praying for a miracle. <laughs> this okay. is where medicine and miracle come together. And you say, well, whoa. And, and like I think you were talking about earlier with uh, Jesus and his miracles. Why do we don't see as many miracles today? Well, because we have so much medical intervention there was stuff back then that you could die from that today you can go get some you know antiseptic you can go get some antibiotics and you know whereas you only see miracles when medicine um is at a loss because that's when you start okay we need a miracle because medicine doesn't have an answer for this in all of our technology we don't have an answer and so when God intervenes or when miraculous things happen then, and that would actually logically make it less because we have so much more uh, ways to keep people healthy and to save people's lives. You know, uh, I was talking to a, a doctor. I have a, a really bad arthritis in, in my hip. It's like bone on bone, you know, and he's like, hey, people live with this up until maybe 50 years ago, we came up with the surgeries to do hip replacements and stuff like that. What do you think people were doing before that for all of time and memoriam, right? What were people doing? They live with it and they still work, they still live. And so just because we now have the, the science to do something about it, doesn't mean that the science is the best, you know, answer to that, you know? And I, I thought it was interesting, you know, because you're thinking about it and you're like, wow, what did they do <laughs> before this type of surgery came, you know, before they can do a heart transplant, before they can do blood transfusion? What did they do? <laughs> you know, and it really right. puts you back even 200 years from now, 400 years ago. This is not even talking about 2000 years ago. Right. Yeah. When certain things happen, what did they do? they prayed <laughs> that, that's what they did they 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 look for divine intervention so <clears throat> i think just logically you know our advancements you know uh, cause for the lessening of the need for miracles because we have you know medical in, in, uh intervention so to speak <clears throat> right um <clears throat> um so when we when one of the things that I did want to bring up in in all of this and why I want to advocate um it came up before the the whole idea of 
um, utilizing tools, right? Things like the Strongs, stuff like that. Um, outside of just, you know, um, properly exegeting the text, right? Proper, pro having a proper understanding of of what scripture is saying and and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, there's a part of there's a part of the power of that that allows for you to understand the concepts to better understand God. Absolutely. But the other part of having tools like this is we can understand what words mean in the language in which they're used to better paint the picture of what it's saying, even if it's not a principle-based piece of scripture. And, and so what do I mean? Um, it came up before Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is, is a really strong piece of the conversation when you're talking about historical evidence. We need to get out from talking about the morality tale of it um, because that has been something that has been, um, oh, so so just ugh. like I, I didn't realize until I, <laughs> I I made a I made a comment on on my Facebook that that created a bit of a stir. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. <laughs> I, I I I quoted uh, a podcast that I was listening to, um, and and I and I said that uh, if if um, how did I word it? That if America isn't judged, then God owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. <laughs> uh, our friend Rico was not happy with me about what I said, um, <clears throat> but but it, it, but he wasn't the he wasn't the one that 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 really made reference to. Um, there was a lot of like discourse, like a lot of, you know, chatter and all of that. But there was one of the few people that really articulated um, a response was actually a friend of mine, a long friend of mine who is uh, Wiccan. Yes, I have friends that are that are Wiccan. Um, and, and, you know, I heard that that was that they that they were destroyed just because they were gay. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me. And so I looked into it and that that's a thing. That's a thing that's taught mm -hmm. all the time. Um, mm, mm, I'm just going to leave this out there hanging in the wind because we don't have the time, uh, the time and this isn't the conversation, but no, if that's, if just, just no, we need to understand, we need to understand the whole picture in order to be able to proper, uh, to, to properly conceptualize what's happening. Uh, hostility, not homosexuality. And I'll leave that there. Um, but if we if we remove it from the conversation of a morality tale, a lot for a long time it was viewed as legend. Critics would assume that this was a legend that was created to convey that morality piece. And the the big conflict in in 
for 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 critics is that it's treated as from a from a biblical standpoint it's treated as a historical event it's not treated as morality and so so that that conflict seemed to to be present well part of the issue is that there there is a line of scripture that says that their region was south of a place and so geographically people were looking south of a particular location and they weren't finding anything but through the power of linguistics we know that the word that they use there means to the right of not not literally south that's the power of being able to understand the language of the time and the place because as we've had a better idea of um i see you epic i'm going to double back here in a second um as as we as we better understand the um the linguistics we can better understand that these that that this is pointing to a very real place and there was in and so in um in uh in in the i want to say it was the 70s i think um it was found that um that there was a city found and now they're realizing that the evidence shows that this area was destroyed by essentially a a very hot fire um that there was a major event that took place of, of that was a, a a massive fire that burnt everything under a coating of ash that was uh several um that that was several feet thick and so again we we can now we can now state that there are in plain let me say in plain english but it's not, it wasn't in english uh in 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 plain language cities that were mentioned in genesis that that we can now point to them some of them being sodom and gomorrah so that that's that's a beautiful picture to me when you can when you can see like so so you mean to tell me that there's a city that geographically fits the bill and was destroyed by a massive fire i mean i'm just saying right you know what i mean right right so Epic, I guess, was explaining her life yeah. so, reference. <laughs> yeah. uh, to allow it to rest, I believe, every seven years. Uh, Exodus 23.10, plant and harvest your crops for six years, but let the land be renewed and lie uncultivated during the seventh year. Then let the poor among you harvest whatever grows on its own uh leave leave the rest for wild animals to eat the same applies to your vineyards and olive groves um yeah i know the i know the the scripture reference i just i was 
Never heard no. the term. I never heard the term yeah. either. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So, anything to throw in there as far as um, Sodom and Gomorrah goes? Yeah, I think uh, what was it, nineteen seventy-six? Uh, you were referring to uh, they uncovered, you know, the plausible evidence that suggests that Sodom and Gomorrah was an actual place. Um, they're the kingdom of uh, Elba in what is now Syria list Sodom and Gomorrah. And that, and, and that, like you said, it makes sense when you, when you think, okay, in that part of the world, <clears throat> if you just keep digging, they're uncovering stuff all the time. I think what happens is uh, we, we don't know, you know, the line between um, history and mythology or legend or folklore. And as long as we keep um, seeking, we end up finding evidence that suggests that at least some of the places where some of these things were said to happen are real. Um, <clears throat> like, like we said about the plagues, you know, um, connected to, you know, a large volcano, right. That erupts and, kills off this and kills off that and next thing you know there's frogs all over the land and and, it, and you're from the egyptians perspective this is what's happening from the israelites perspective this is what god said he was going to do <clears throat> so it's i think it's 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 interesting and even when you said about noah's flood um i can't verify a, a the 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 worldwide flood you know, you would have to have verification from everywhere at that specific time. But there's various flood accounts in ancient civilizations that basically put them all underwater, you know, throughout history. And so the the flood account is coming from some type of event that happened, yeah. whether, you know, it's. So I think th those are the things that you kind of look at that the the bible i don't think is meant to be history right. um, the bible is meant to be the story of god's interaction with his people and right um it's but people sometimes need <laughs> historical verification to help their faith you know as um, right. our dear friend was on earlier the goal is that we trust the bible that we read that we right. that we grow and we increase in our knowledge and understanding and we're able to trust that bible that we're reading um as as the word of god um we sat sitting with a you know group of men last night in our men's group and you know one of the young guys that came in he had a lot of questions and we were able to sit down and work him through it and work him through you know the timelines and things like that and it really you could see it settle him you know because one of the things we were talking about is what does it mean to be a Christian? And part of being a Christian is being a disciple. And part of being a disciple is being a learner, a student, a pupil. As a matter of fact, it said a scholar. So as a disciple, I, I'm actually supposed to be researching and digging and studying to know what I believe. It's not just something that right. I leave to the elite, right? I leave to these guys. They're the scholars. No, all of us should be digging and trying to understand 
you know, so that when we have these conversations with people, we can point them to fact and we can help them to um, make sense of the things that the Bible is saying um, uh, from what God wants us to understand, because it's not about the Bible is not about recounting history. You see that in the life of Jesus. You know, if it was a history, then every aspect of Jesus's life would be there, you know, from the time of his birth all the way to the time of his death, you know, that 18 year period. No, we would we would document every piece if we were trying to make it historical. But I don't believe that they were focused on the history of it. They were focused on the gospel message of it, the good, good news of it, the the aspect that God sent his son into the world uh, to save the world from their sins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's evidenced through the, the style and the highlights of each one of the gospel accounts. While there is cooperation, while there is overlap and all of that kind of stuff. Also, you have to take into consideration that each one is emphasizing different points, right? that each each one is looking to convey something very specific so the fact that there's any cooperation among all four accounts when not all of those accounts even were um eyewitness accounts like a person watching a thing and writing it down and uh, writing it down sort of thing some of them were interview all of that the fact that there's any measure of continuity to any of it is a miracle unto itself but when we unpack what's laid out, I think the the high notes are there for a reason. And I think the further back you go, the more it does become about what it does become an emphasis of <clears throat> history and and all of that. But at the end of the day, and I and I want to. This is this is the other. This is the side B. So in order to get to the side B of the con of the conversation, I'm going to rattle off a couple of things. And and feel free. I'm not going to go into into extreme specifics about each one of these things. I really counsel you that if this is something that you enjoy, if you enjoy digging into history and all of that, take a look at these things. If you've never if you've never heard of them before, there's the uh, the tell dad stilly which is a stone tab uh, a stone a stone slab from the from the ninth century that has an inscription on it referring to the house of David mm -hmm. um, the Moabite stone which is again a large stone slab from the ninth century that contains an in, uh, an inscription from the Moabite king Mesha that mentions the God of Israel and seven in several um, names, that are also mentioned in the uh, Old Testament. There's the Cyrus cylinder. It's a clay cylinder from the 6th century that contains an inscription from the Persian king Cyrus the Great, who conquered uh, Babylon and allowed the Jewish exiles to return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple as it's described in the, um, in the Old Testament. Um, you have the city of David, um, it's excavations in an ancient city in Jerusalem that uncovered, uh, a variety of artifacts and structures that provide evidence for the city's biblical history, including 
um, the walls and gates that are mentioned in the uh, in the Old Testament. Um, there's uh, Tel Hazor, that is a major archaeological site in uh, northern Israel, that includes a large city that date ba- that dates back to the time of Joshua, that's described in the Old Testament. And I could keep going. Um, there's countless points. There's countless pieces that we can point to along the way that provide variety of proof text to the legitimacy of what's happening here. Now, you can have all of this and say, okay, so the ancient Israelite people happened. And in a lot of ways, this, mir- this mirrors that conversation about Jesus, mm-hmm. that we can prove that ver- very, very few people in the skeptic community try and disprove the existence of Jesus. That That's not really a thing anymore because we have pretty substantive evidence to say that Jesus himself um, lived and died and, and, and moreover was crucified, but it, it's the divinity aspect of it that, that is challenged. And when, so, so, so when you look at history, you can say, okay, this, this, so, so all of these things you can point to the history books and all of that kind of stuff, but that, that has to be mirrored and coupled with something else that has to be complemented by something else. I told this story a couple of weeks ago, but I'll tell it here because there's been just frankly more people watching. Um, the, I, I still remember hitting this point in my journey of apologetics of looking at the history of it all and realizing I have two pieces in front of me. I have the evidence for um that that corroborates uh the 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 validity of christianity and i have evidence that would state that there is another explanation for a lot of these things it still takes an active step of faith regardless of which direction i go and now i can sit here and say it takes more faith for me not to believe than it does for me to believe and it but 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 to just look at history as being your savior is a problem and that's where i think we run into problems and we run into issues with this conversation and that's part of why i i looked at this and i knew that we needed to have this conversation as part of the 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 tough question series because this is something that tends to get put out there um in in the discourse and all of that kind of stuff but the reality is is that this has to be coupled with with that spiritual component because you can look at all of this and still turn away and say no right i'm 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 good (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why when we see the interaction between the disciples and Jesus that when Peter makes the, makes the acknowledgement of the divinity of, of Jesus, that, that, that is credited as a divine revelation from God. Because while, while I do think that there is benefit to looking at the timeline, while I do think that there is benefit to understanding how the, how biblical history 
um, interacts with secular history and all of that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of good that comes from studying that. There, there is an active step towards. And the beautiful thing about that is that when we engage God, that, that, that we are engaging in God that engages us. That that's not us stepping out into something nebulous that we can't verify or we can't necessarily put our finger on, but it's something that is concrete and substantive as evidenced through these things. But also as we, as we take that step forward, we are met at a spiritual level. And then as we walk with God, that very real component of relationship forms and takes place in all of those things. And that's where you get into that relationship aspect, the renewing of the mind aspect, knowing God aspect, all of that kind of stuff. And so, so we need to make sure that we are marrying these worlds and not divorcing them from one another. <clears throat> well, that's what I was saying to our group last night about being a Christian, you know, and I asked them, I said, hey, you know, uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, you know, I can give you the definitions, I can break down the words, but what does it actually mean? Because being a Christian, you know, is the proof of what the biblical text is expounding and or espousing. Right is that if the power of God transforms your life and you walk and talk and interact with people like Christ, then what was written um, has come to life and you become, as Paul said, a living epistle being read by all. You are the continuation of this. You're not a new revelation. You're just reflecting or echoing what's already been written. You know, the, the, uh, New Testament especially was found and was being uh, handed out and transmitted to other people within less than a hundred years, I think 40 years yeah. um, after, you know, the events had happened, people were already had the accounts in their hands. I was doing some research and, um, I think it's uh, Justin Justin Martyr, who lived 100 uh, to 185 uh, AC or Common Era. They say Common Era now, um, <laughs> not AD anymore. Um, and at the time he had them, he had no titles for them, and he was sharing them with people. Um, the consensus is that the Christian writings were composed between 68 uh, AD or Common Era and 110, uh, we know that Jesus lived somewhere between uh, what 4 BC to maybe 30 AD, right? Paul and those guys were living, you know, just after that, 46 to 70 or 80. John was the oldest, right? Somewhere around 95. Well, for someone to have a copy of what they wrote in their hands by 120 says that this is like you know fresh right you look at 
a um, Socrates or a Plato. Nobody had anything that he had written till 1300 years after he was gone. But right. We, we, people were like, this is history, <laughs> right? Teach it in our schools. Make sure everybody knows this, right? right. Our, our Bible, the veracity of our Bible is just um, so much of a higher quality and content. Uh, and, and I just, I just think that when we, when people have their issues, it's usually, as you said, a moral or emotional issue that, well, I don't like what it's saying. <laughs> I don't like what the, 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 the outcome or the results or the consequences that this leads to, if this is true, not necessarily, yeah. well, you know, is it historical? Well, I don't want it to be historical because I did, because that would make it so, <laughs> you know, much more real. If we can just say, well, yeah, yeah then we can discard it or we can lump it in with everything else and kind of diminish its importance. Right. If we can take that, that piece out of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think when to this point in history, the Bible has been verified and re-verified and has been scrutinized and it has been examined more than any other document ever written. You know, as one person said, it's it's been a bestseller <laughs> <You know? laughs> throughout history. Uh, skeptics and and believers alike are all grabbing it so they can read it and either put their faith in it or try to debunk it. And so either way, um, it has been read and reread and uh, gone over uh, uh, as many times as anything um, ever. And so I think that's what makes it so reliable is that every time you go back and you think you can discredit it, debunk it, it shows itself to be true. And it seems like the evidence is released at different times. It's like, it's like just when you think, all right, there's no more evidence of the Bible. Somebody digs something up. Somebody finds something. Somebody, you know, unearths something like, whoa, this perfectly coincides with what the Bible says, you know. And it was, you know, thousands of feet underneath the ground, <laughs> you know, waiting to be discovered. So, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And reality is, is when you are the, the one thing I want to leave you guys with and all well, two things I don't want to leave you guys with is a, when you guys are doing your due diligence uh, separate, separate out. Don't make it personal. The, like not, not, in, not from a research standpoint, the, the relationship aspect of it, that's different. Um, but, but when, when properly evaluating the evidence, don't make it personal because then you're going to miss pieces of it because you're fi- you're focused on your biases the other piece is don't don't forget about don't forget about faith you know that sounds kitschy but 
Um, like, like, uh, Epic says here, man has become so, so self-reliant that sometimes they forget their about dependence on God. Um, that's unfortunately not a new thing. I think that's a uniquely human thing. I think humans have been depending on themselves for, for time and memoriam. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, we, the, the evidence is only going to go so far. There's, there's got to come a point where you take a step forward and, and, that that the faith that is given to you you put into god and that that is something that you 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 are that has proven to be worth putting your your faith in because there's a reality to all of this that history speaks to but that the spiritual aspect absolutely and 100% confirms and solidifies yeah, last night um, I brought up what a believer is, uh, 4103 in the Strong's uh, Pistos. It means that it is one who has actively believed in the faith that God imparts. <laughs> Think of, uh, Wrap your brain around that, that I'm actually believing, I'm trusting in what God has imparted in me, right? This is what makes Christianity so different is that there's the work of God in us. We're not just following uh, traditions and rituals and uh, uh, customs. There is an impartation of God. There is a spiritual transformation that happens and it's not just mental emotional it is spiritual there's been something given to us that we must trust and follow and believe you know and i think that's the the part that connects um us to the word of god versus any other tradition um any other most traditions are if you follow these rules if you follow these traditions then you are approved by God, right? If you do these works, then you are approved by God. Not you follow God through what he has imparted in you. You grab a hold to that and you seek to stay connected to him. Not by what you're doing. What you're doing will be the secondary consequence of this relationship that you have with God, that's what's going to change you. So what I told the young man last night, I said, you know, that pursue God, pursue Christ. And the other things in your life will begin to line up with who he is, because this is a supernatural thing. This is not, I said, if you just want to quit drinking, you can go to a 12 step program. Right. <laughs> if you just want to, you know, People can morally change based upon their own desire and will. Like, you know, I know atheists that say, I don't cuss. <laughs> you know, like, great. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, okay. Yep. You know, what does that have to do with the new spirit that you've received from Christ when you put right. your trust and your hope in him? which now is changing you from the inside out, changing your perspective of the world, changing your perspective of what is good and what is not. And so it's not 
um, as uh, Pastor TC says all the time, a morality dance. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he calls it a morality dance. Like, oh, your morality and then my morality, and we're just all operating in morality. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not that. You know, right. um, the, the the faith that comes from God is beyond human morality. It it supersedes that. It transcends that because it's about knowing Him and Him knowing us and us grabbing a hold to that, and that's how we know what he desires and what he doesn't desire. So it's not necessarily, it's like husband and wife, you know, you learn what she desires, what hurts her, what uh, builds her up, what, and it's not just, oh, there's certain things that you just don't do. Yeah. But in this relationship, you, your wife, my husband, your husband, your wife is unique. And so you can't just sweeping you know, this is the things that you do. No, you got to get right. to know them and understand them. And when you do that, now you operate in a way that is loving, that is um, pleasing towards one another. But it takes knowing each other. And that's what God desires. Whereas all other ideas is just about do these set of things and you're okay. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. And that's what makes us different. And so when we're reading the Bible, the historicity of it, yeah, it has weight. But the power of it is what God imparts in us. And we put our trust in him and walk with him. That's the piece that makes what we believe uh, so unique. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So anything else before we bring it in? All right, guys, as always, um, if you have um, listened through this and you have hit questions and along the way or you're watching this back, and I know a lot of you guys on Facebook watch it after the fact. Um, so if we've hit something that you had questions about or want to hear more about or what have you, sound off down in the comment section. Um you know, and then if you're watching on, on Facebook, um, like share, subscribe, you know, all of the fun things, because we are going to continue to be doing these things. Every week we do this every week, we come together to unpack these different concepts, um, on both this channel on kingdom on the road and on Ant's channel, Anthony Wilson, um, we're both, we're live in both places, um, every Friday morning, like clockwork. So for now, um, you want to go ahead and pray us out. Amen. Amen. So father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for those that joined and we thank you for those that will join. We pray God that everything we said was pleasing to you, God, if there's anything that needs to be corrected, Lord, we remain humble uh, to, to continue to learn and grow. Lord, I just thank you for uh, those that sounded off in the comments and shared their thoughts. I pray, God, that um, that your message would get out there, that your gospel would reach the nations um, and would uh, bring transformation and healing uh, to uh, the people who will uh, listen, receive, and obey. Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, guys, uh, remember two very important things as you go out that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Until next week, peace, y'all.